0: Again at GMIGS here in West Des Moines. Brett Ridge State, Creighton Jr. with you as we are each week on Tuesday night from 6 to 7 o'clock all the way through the winter sports season. A few people out here on the patio with us. This, uh, Bruce was telling me earlier that Ooh, there we go, yeah. we've got people. You know, this uh, when it's a nice night like this, a few people are outside, they, they drive by, they see that this is a great place to sit. More they, people they, sit they, outside they and they can listen stop. to us. It's terrific. Steak so, night. It is. This might be our last patio show based on the weather we'll
1: see how it goes right I I, honestly I don't look that far in the weather I basically look at we could do heat lamps out here will Mm -hmm. the Sun come up tomorrow and I figure yes so then all right I'll deal with it then (laughs)
0: did somebody turn off a computer what was that I think that was in the station okay microphones down in the studio please (laughs) anyway Hawks this last weekend, of course, lost uh, to number four, Michigan, 27-14. to By the way, I had 24-14. I was, on, I was on par. I didn't expect it to go the way it went, but it came up close. Hawks this weekend, Saturday night, six forty on BTN against Illinois in what turns out to be a huge game. Iowa now 1-1 in the Big Ten West, 1-1 in the Big Ten, 3-2 overall, <clears throat> but a log jam. Up top the Big Ten West. When I say that, there is no top to the Big Ten West. Everybody's one and one with the exception of Northwestern, who is... No, excuse me. Uh, I'm sorry. Wisconsin. Wisconsin, who is 0-2, and, and thus they fired their head coach, who was 62-18, and 18, I think. I've got a 730 winning percentage, and it's not good it's enough. It's not good enough. Something else was going on there, probably, but hey, uh, they were they saw a slide, and they, they nipped you, it in the bud. It's really, interesting. Do you
1: really think that that rant, that... Was it... Uh, I didn't. I, I sent. Yeah. Uh,
0: no, the kid that was Brust. He was going to yes. play for Iowa, right? He was, right. He, he was actually recruited to come to Iowa until the, I was the thinking, magical. I was thinking
1: Ben Bruns from uh, the, the Iowa State. Uh, Todd Licklider came him.
0: in and, and away he went. Yeah. Right? Oh, boy. Good move out on his part. Yeah, he wasn't any good anyway. Uh, no. He, he was mean, from like Cedar Rapids, wasn't he? No, he was from somewhere. He wasn't from here. Oh, okay. No. Well, no. Well, but, but anyway. anyway um, Oxford. Twenty-seven to fourteen, there was some improvement in certain parts of this game. It was really interesting. I thought two things. First of all, I got to mention the crowd. We're down twenty to nothing, and the stadium's still full. The stadium is still into it. Iowa. And I don't even know where inexplicably any of us thought that there was hope you could come from twenty to nothing down, but we were saying it. Hey, maybe this is pit. What was year was it we came down from four touchdowns? That, that to was be done, that right? was
1: the day that Christie said, "If there's one drop of rain, we are leaving the stadium." And uh, Buzzy, who was with us, he and daughter with us, and, and he looked at his wife and goes, "This is getting fun." I this think is, we're, we're gonna come right. back. I mean, and win. We, we came
0: back and won that one. Well, <laughs> you know, Andrew brought it up while we were sitting there, and I said it does have this weird sort of feeling like we could have done some other things earlier in the game to score some points when, you know, you had some overthrows, you also had definitely had some penalties that we'll talk about here in a little bit that caused derailment. So it was partially Michigan, a lot of Michigan, and partially Iowa shooting self in the foot, partially the referees and shooting. all kinds of things.
1: That yeah, he said shooting. He said shooting. <laughs>
0: but the idea being that at that point in time you're down twenty nothing, you still thought, Well there's so you're telling me there's a chance. And there was a chance. When they cut it twenty to seven. You drive inside the five
1: uh, yard line, so and it's still a chance. I'm sitting there, they were about at the thirty-eight yard line. I think it Was, in was the, that
0: after Lachey or Laporta had shed three guys, knocked them to the yes, ground. It, was, it, it them. was
1: after that play that I looked at Buzzy and I said, Don't count us out of this just yet, because holy cow, what happens when and I said this. What happens when we go in and score and we get it first and 10 at the 12 or something like that? Or was it first and go on the eight?
0: We, now, we're no, the, we were at the 14. We had to get first to the first and
1: had, 10 of the 14. We had to get to the four for the first. In and, and the first play, we get like five yards. And I'm like, all right, that's good. Let's just keep doing what we're doing here. We've we've matriculated the ball down the field. We were going with pace. We were
0: we were. We had up. I know where you're going with this. We were, we were going with pace. We We were were going, we were throwing the ball down the field. We were mixing it up, and then we got there and we stopped. Brian Ferentz took all 45 seconds or 40 seconds to make
1: every play call. And what was it? Oh, Bruce, you got to help me. What game were we watching the other day where the football coach could not get the plays in, and it was a pro game, and they were looking at the shot clock. And all of a sudden they're sending it in with little giants, 15 seconds to go. And I'm like, what is wrong with this guy? This is a professional coach. And all of a sudden we did the exact same thing. Hey, let's run the cross buck. And with everybody in the box in, in line up, just like we're going to run it. And And this just in, there's only six minutes to go. The clock
0: has been ticking. You're on a 10 minute drive. That should be a hurry up offense drive. It should be a pace, right? A little bit
1: more hurry up for sure. Right.
0: And, and he took, all of his time to send in what? He sent in a run, a zone run to the right, to the short side of the field, and then two a one-yard pass, a one-yard pass on fourth and two. A pass the ball one yard on fourth and two. Everybody in Appalachian-Parkersberger
1: knows if you've got fourth and two, you've got to throw the ball Little at least three street. yards. It's a, it's a rule. Here's Thou shalt not throw the ball short of the sticks on fourth down. You can't do that. Here's the thing about this. Good Lord. Why did not we I just throw – after the first down, we, it was on second and five. Why don't we just
0: throw three balls in the end zone? It should be noted that we have not been allowed to be on the air talking about this for the last two days like everybody else has been talking right. about this. So we realize we're rehashing this. But when I, when I look at this, I don't understand – I always understand that this is Kirk's system and Brian gets to run it. What I don't understand is – who made that call? Because if it's Brian, and it really is Brian that has made that made all four of those calls, those gutless calls where you didn't take a shot at the end zone, you never tried to throw the ball past the Next. sticks, never once, never once the end, into ne- the end zone, no, never once tried. It's try right. It's so hard for us to score touchdowns. It would seem. I am logical. now on the firing bandwagon. Brian Farns needs to go because I. Kirk obviously gives him at least some responsibility, right? Well, clearly. He had to be the one that made that call Honestly, within Kirk's
1: system, right? I, I don't think, What in the I don't world think, was he thinking? I don't think Kirk. I would have rather them run four quarterback sneaks, uh, Which is literally when they had – it was third and one, right? We
0: lost yardage on third down. Yes. So it was third and one, and Andrew said we quarterback sneak
1: twice here, which we didn't. Right, well, because we don't and, have – and you also, we do not have Tyler Linderbaum as our center right now. And, but. and you also recognize they're not going to do that again because we did that, I believe it was last year, and I think it was at Wisconsin, where we quarterback sneaked twice behind Tyler Linderbaum and didn't get and it. And it
0: didn't work. And yeah. so
1: Brian's thrown the double quarterback sneak. It also sneak. didn't
0: work against Kentucky because they reached in and we fumbled the ball, right? Maybe that was, so maybe maybe that, that was yeah. a,
1: a secondary time where they did that. And so he has thrown the double quarterback sneak – out with the bathwater, and now we have to rely on our 130th-ranked offense to get two yards against a very good defense that's set up to, to absolutely stuff everything you can. That being said, that was, that was the turning point. Uh, turn, a turning point. A it, turning It point. was. There, there was a spot in the first half where Spencer went brain dead. He missed Lachey. Wide over on the seam route, which later he came back on it was that the second
0: t- series of the game. They're down that, seven to nothing on, that, yeah, very, yeah. on yep. that
1: very same pattern and hit him. He missed uh, a six foot four. Brody Brecht wide open on the left. Throwing it eight feet up. Left, yeah. Left ten side. Feet up. And while Brody's <laughs> a fine athlete, yeah. you know, he's not going to catch a wide. He was open by six yards. Yep. He catches it auto first down. And then he overthrows a uh, running back on fourth, third and 10. Six yards over his head. He's lucky that one didn't get uh, picked off, bounced around, whatever. He only had four bad throws during the day, but all four of them were really well, they were, they costly, were, right? They were at a those, point in time, those right? Those three in a row and then the
0: one of fourth, right. on fourth right. and right. two now i don 't understand why you would, why you insist on on rolling him to his opposite side and so trying to have him throw across I, his body when he already has a tough time
1: throwing it with the with his body right that 's just in his fundamentals aren 't good enough to roll him left and have him throw the ball. No. His fundamentals are barely good enough to have him stand in the shotgun, take one step back and throw, and throw it. it and yeah. or roll to the right and try and throw it, which his propensity when he does that is to go high. All of his misses are high, with the one exception, the last pass to Laporta, which was low and, low and inside. And Laporta was covered too, right, despite the, despite the
0: penalty yes. on Arlen Bruce for holding. Yes. So that it, it wouldn't have been a first down, by the way. You know, It would not have been a first down because Arlen Bruce got penalized. It was, there was a penalty for holding as well. But that having been said, the play didn't work either, right? How do you so, have a penalty
1: for holding when the guy catches a one-yard pass? We if he had call,
0: if he had made a first down there we would be lamenting how bad the call there was because Arlen Bruce did not hold was nowhere if you watch it it's just it's it's just literally an official
1: waiting to make a call okay we have we which have, I feel like we which we I feel have like was about a, four minutes to go and so let's segue to penalties and explain to me okay yes how the girl with the C the woman with the C what official, does that put her at yeah okay it, I don't know. She's the center umpire, I think is yes. what is what the C means on her back. Decides that Logan Jones is blocking a dude away from the play. There is no whistle. He doesn't know what's going on. He's engaged with this guy in the plays downfield, and he, and he pancakes him, and that's a penalty. We actually figured that what they were going to
0: call was that the Michigan guy pulled him down on top of it because the way it looked – I glanced back over and saw the, it, it almost looked like he pulled him down on top of him.
1: By, by her penalty, but what our, our linemen need to do is to recognize oh, the play has already gone past us. Now I need to stop and playing. I, this guy can run down and make a tackle, but I am not allowed to block him. Or maybe I should yeah. just gently get in his way. As bad that as
0: that one was. Oh, they the overcame that, but the clip was really bad because a the clip. They actually overcame the clip? No, they overcame the hold. They overcame the hole before that, which was an iffy call. Watch that. That one's on DeYoung. We gained gained a first down. They put us back to first and 20. We overcame that, got the first down. They go with the clipping call, which the clipping call was a cut block in front of the player. So there's two things. Number one, it's not an illegal block the way he did it. Number two, it's not clipping because clipping is from, from behind. And
1: number three, it was our tackle inside the tackle box moving toward the center, when he did the reach, yes, the reach block totals, was totals. what that's called, and it happens to be below completely, the knees, yeah. within two yards of the line of scrimmage. He is he is blocking the dude in front of him with his head in front of the other guy, and they call a penalty. Now the TV guys and, did
0: did come out and say, "Hey, that's just a you yeah." Know, you Joe Klatt says terrible. That's just awful, right? And, it, it, and yeah.
1: you know, because Kirk has never used a timeout in the first half, I really didn't even get all that upset that he called one just to yell at the officials. No, I, I didn't. You know, either. Matt Campbell does that all the time. Well, Kirk said, and,
0: and Kirk actually mentioned it, you know, it's it's interesting when he mentions things like that, that he Max? he's not going to be the one that's going to say that that's what lost the game. But he said, certainly,
1: this it's affects momen- the game. It's a momentum killer.
0: And this is where I get really, 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 if you want to sit here, and, and I invite anybody, you want to come out of this argument with me, go ahead, sit right here, and we'll have this argument that, Officials don't win the game for you. Oh, well, we should have been good enough to overcome Come on, we were gonna lose anyway. It, no, that is not the way this works. The game of football is played for four quarters, and if in the first quarter you take a touchdown off the board yes. or you take a touchdown or a drive away from Iowa, that affects the way the rest of the football game is played. So yes, it is important, and well, don't give me this when well, we aren't good enough because they only gained three hundred and twenty yards to our two hundred and eighty yards. Granted, it looked worse because their first half they got a lead, but at the end of the game, this thing turned out to be pretty evenly matched up in terms of yardage, time of possession. Michigan had a little bit more because they were on the ground more, but overall, the score was twenty-seven to fourteen. This game could have been closer, and don't give me that that the officials quite affected.
1: There, it. there was a scenario where this game could have been twenty-one twenty. Very easily, however, and I'm just going to say this in in. You know me. I'm not a huge proponent of blaming the officials. But what that play did, it was about a 35-yard penalty because it was a 20-yard gain or a 10-yard gain and a 15-yard penalty, whatever. The point is is it's also a deflator, a momentum killer, and it, it does everything. Your offense is finally going. And it deflates the it, offense, it de- right? It, it stops. It deflates your offense. Yes. It, it creates. It deflates obviously, the whole team. And your head coach is so pissed off about the manner by which officials randomly call this. They send in text. They send in film. And they ask for this. And Kirk's basically said this this kind of block is going to be out of football, which effect, or at least college football, which effectively is going to eliminate the outside zone sort of component. Scheme, right. Yep. Uh you can't do it. You can't do it if you can't do that block. If you can't make that block. And and that has been a bone of contention for Kirk for many, many years. And it and frankly, it has hurt Iowa's offense a lot because whether they call a hold or whether they call a clip or a chop block, and, which we've had called on as, in right, the past. And as
0: we've said, they're never correctly called. What he when he when he complains about it, he's always right. The referee is always wrong on this, right? There are times when you can argue holding it's a judgment call. Every time he stops the game to complain or mentions it was a cut block and I don't get the officials, I don't understand, it's because he's right. The officials are just
1: wrong in you, the way they're calling it. I suspect Kirk used this excuse or this comment with his children a lot when they were younger. Because. Yes.
0: Why can't we do this, Dad? Because. because. I, and I'll say this, there were other, there was a, uh, the other thing that was frustrating, even though the, the penalties were 5-5, five, five, by the yeah, way, Michigan no, got it, flagged a few times, but there were the, some other ones, big, all right. the penalties in Iowa were, right. were just killers, and the, the pass and killers. interference that I thought was, I thought, I actually thought it was an okay call, kept their drive going in the first half, but the lack of a call when Jack Campbell is just tackled and the guy gains an extra 15 yards. just When I mean tackled, it's like a guy reached up from the grave and yanked him back down under the ground, right? Right in front of the official. Or there's a hands to the face right before the half that the Iowa coaches went nuts on right before they kicked their field goal. This is important because they kicked a chip shot field goal for three points. And these are part of the game and they are part of what, what goes on. Anyway, that having been said, Iowa loses it. Tom Kaker. When we come back, we're going to talk about uh, well, a lot of different things that happened in Iowa City today. What they said over there. We'll be back on the Hawkeye Huddle, 7800, the champ, 101.3 FM. And we're back here in the Hawkeye Huddle. Brett Ridge, State Creighton Jr. With you here, at G-Migs in West Des Moines. Come on and uh, join us tonight. Steak night down here, as it is each Tuesday, and we'll be here through the winter sports season. So you can join us each week at six o'clock. And we will be watching a lot of basketball as things come on. Fortunately for us, I was looking at the basketball schedule. I think there's only one, maybe two Tuesday nights where they're gonna be playing while we're on the air. Most of them are not gonna be while the Hawks are on the air. Right. We're not gonna have as many we I, had several just, issues. Now just, you and I, I basketball seems to get in our way too. I didn't I, look at I just had bad. a Zoom meeting moment where you I was right? on mute. You were on mute and you <laughs> were speaking and nothing was coming up. It's like this you did isn't that. yeah, that's true, you did. That's pretty good. Um we do have Tom. We do? Yes. Is there a thumbs up on that? Uh-huh. Absolutely. Tom Kikert from HawkeyeReport.com joins us now over the air on the phone, over the phone lines on the unsponsored phone line that we have. We'll call Hot, it the HawkeyeReport.com Hawkeye <laughs> hotline for the week. Tom Kicker how are you doing, sir? Doing well, guys. Here, I've got to turn you up so everybody here can hear you. Um, in, doing well. Good. Good well, to hear. Good so to hear, Tom. Tom we've rehashed as we do in our first segment did you when you when when Kirk comes on and says he saw improvement when the players feel like they saw improvement i i did too right so how much i just wonder how much we can hang on to that is this is this the week where it has to be done they have to win this week or everybody gives up on them and they start to go the other direction, or is, do they have more weeks in them? Because I think there is improvement clearly happening, right? It is, it's, it's seeable. It's tangible. But at some point in time, you start to stop holding on to hope. They're still 3-2. and two. Is this the week, or do we have another? Do you wait till they lose to Ohio State, and then you go? You, then oh, you have teams. to win this week.
2: Well, I think this is a, kind of a tipping point week for, for Iowa's season in a lot of ways. Because um, it's a winnable game, uh, it's on the road, and you're going into a bye week, and you know you got Ohio State coming, and you know that's probably a loss. So, you know, you are you going the to State. be three and four or four and three? You right know, after seven games, that's the that's the question. And if if you win this week. Yeah, You're probably going to lose to Ohio State, more than likely. Right. So, But you're still going to be in the Big Ten race, in the Big Ten West race, if you win you this week. If you don't, you're probably teetering,
1: you know, maybe I'm being out of it, but who knows. Tom, um, I have, a, th- I have a, th- a theory that there could be a tie in the Big Ten West with three losses. It
0: could be. Yeah.
1: I, I, and then look, talk about cannon fodder I, for I the feel Big like, Ten. I feel like Purdue. Gym gym. I feel like
0: Purdue. Now that they beat Minnesota on the road, I feel like Purdue's got the inside, right? But everybody else, Purdue could lose a few in there. I don't know how good they are, but they could win some in there. It, their schedules. They have no Michigan, no Ohio State, right? right. Penn State's already gone, so they're they're through the, the gauntlet there, right? But you're right. It could be. And yeah, Illinois, but, but Purdue, Tom, has no, been an interesting team because as you Purdue, sit back and look at Illinois, they, yeah,
1: I, Purdue plays Maryland this week.
0: Well, and you never know, and right? Fa- you know, and Maryland's favored to win this weekend,
1: right? Just well, so is Illinois. <laughs> well, I know,
2: yeah. But the the Purdue line just
1: freaked right. me out a little bit. I, no, I, me I feels too. I like you know. yeah, no, that's an it's an interest interesting now that the uh, the betting line is, is become so prevalent and everybody talks about it that when you when you look at the schedule. You now immediately look to the line to get some idea of what our friends in the desert, as Brent says, um, you know, think about this. And honestly, when I saw Iowa is a a three-and-a-half, four-point underdog, I was – I about fell out of my chair. And and to your point, Tom, when Maryland's – what are they, four over Purdue?
2: Three-and-a-half, yeah. Yes. Wow.
1: Same wow. same deal. I'm like, good lord. I mean, there's a lot of respect for Maryland going on there. So, at any rate, I just think that's become extraordinarily prevalent. Let me ask you this, Tom. So we're so we're we're analyzing the
0: inexplicable play calling at certain points of the at game. At the
1: five-minute mark right. in the there, fourth quarter, there's, just, there's
0: there's times in the game where I, I I liked Iowa's game plan for for the most part. The other day, I thought. At times they ran the same old stuff that was tired and there was, nobody, there was nothing going on. And there were other times where they were actually running deep receivers to get guys open underneath. They were running some crossing routes. They were doing some things. And then he tucks it in there right at the end and doesn't try. Is, is Brian actually, so I know it's Kirk's system. And I'm reading a lot of your um, commentary today with some of the guys on your website. I know it's Kirk's <laughs> system. And you and I, is Brian making that call? Is Brian making that call?
2: Yeah, ultimately, it's Brian's Brian's call. I, I just, I'm kind of interested in oh, that, that people are seeing all these great things because through three quarters of that game, it was still zero points. You know, halftime, they were, had eight first downs in the entire game. Or after three quarters, they had eight first downs, five in the first half. Um but- well, seven uh, yards total offense. In the first yeah, three no, quarters. I'm just.
1: I get
0: what you're seemed, saying. Uh, I. a yeah, little but bit you like knock out. Time. You knock out. You knock out a couple of horse bleed penalties, and suddenly you got fifty to sixty more yards. Yeah, almost twice as much yardage in the first half if they don't yeah. get those. Re, at yeah. least one really bad. Well, if not two, two really bad penalties.
1: And and is it I, just
2: is it just that the offense was so bad for. The first couple of weeks of the season uh, that it's anything part of it. yeah looks like I, it's a heartbeat, you
1: know. Absolutely. I, I agree. You know, I came out of this coma one time, and I opened my eyes, and the doctor said, well, there's progress. And then all of a sudden I was moving my arms and legs, but still I was in a hospital. Right. And that's kind of how the right. Iowa offense right. is. But but I, I do think um, you complete
0: a couple of longer passes, Tom. Petrus does not get sacked a bunch in the first half, even though he was missing some throws. He wasn't getting pressure. When he got pressured, he moved out. Uh, things just – it looked at least like they had a chance to move the football, and I think that gives people hope. And I do think people are impressed with Michigan's uh, defense, rightfully so, at this point in time. Now, wait till they see what they're going to see this week from Illinois. If you haven't been watching Illinois, they actually are really good defensively. This is a 10-7 game, dude.
2: <laughs> well, they – The other thing that Illinois does is they, I mean, you know, you get your attention when you see, and obviously a lot lot going on in Wisconsin lately. Right. um, They held Wisconsin to two yards rushing, and they basically run blitzed them all day and said, Graham Mertz, go ahead. Try and beat us. And and That's
1: got to be the exact same MO this week. Game plan.
2: Oh, yeah. Same game plan. They're just going to blitz and blitz and blitz and, and say Spencer you can beat us just beat us and that's going to be the challenge Iowa could hit on some big plays and um, just on, the, on some beater plays where they just cause Illinois plays a lot of man on the outside I talked right. to Arlen about that today Arlen Bruce about that today and he's like yeah they play a lot of man and they a lot of, play a lot of uh, uh, one high safety kind of looks so it was one side's probably going to be open, um, more than likely, if you can look something off. So, they, you know, uh, I think it's going to be interesting how Iowa approaches things schematically if they try and spread Illinois out to take them out of some of those looks. Uh, you know, they go with a lot of one back, one tight end, three wide looks to kind of spread them out and take them out of uh, stacking the box. We'll see what happens.
1: Well, what if, what if they just, oh, my good Lord, went uh, four wide receivers in the running back out and went five wide, and and all of a sudden you had, you know, five on five out back, six on five in the middle, and let's see what we can do.
2: Yeah, Chuck, uh, you know, I talked to Chuck Long about that yesterday on our podcast, and I said, what do you think about doing some, like, empty stuff, and he, he was never big on empty just because,
1: it he kind likes to block
2: protection away from the quarterback. Yep. Yeah. It's just So he wasn't. He's like, I, I don't. You know, you can do some of it, but you can't do it all the time because it just kind of takes some things away.
1: Well, it, if even if you spread your tight end out and had, went four wide, Michigan did it on about the third play of the game, and I'm, you know, I'm sitting here and while I've I've watched a lot of football, I also understand numbers but it worked didn't it well they worked they went four wide we had our four down line jack Campbell in the middle and everybody out and i'm like well they're gonna run there's only five in the box and 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 they did and they did it with success and i was gonna have to and and you know i appreciate what kirk said okay do you see what they did the week before against maryland and they're running okay we think riley moss is a Top three round NFL draft choice. Let him go one on one. Cooper DeGene has clearly proven that he can be an effective. Uh, Terry Roberts is going to be back this week too. Co- cover man. More. More. I. I don't see why you don't say. You know what? We're going to trust our guys in the back. And maybe. And it maybe it's because you know Schulte's only in there starting. I don't know. It seemed like I would have. I would have given a little bit more credence to my guys on the outside. And said, "Go ahead. We're we, plays, cover- we play zone, dude. I mean, that's the well, way we not, do it. Well, it's You kind I, of play quarters, but you, it's man man coverage in in your zone. I I, right. I agree. But if I, you're going to take six dudes and take them out of the box, and only have five guys in there against Michigan, and you're going to do that against Illinois, you're going to get smoked. So, um, I, I do want to get
0: to before we let you go, Tom. Before we run out of time." This was actually a pretty big weekend. Iowa had a, a number of recruits in. It's starting to get really hard to pay attention to who's coming in because now we're suddenly into the commits are all happening so early that we're forgetting about 2023. We're moving on to 2024 and 2025, right? But there were. I, I thought that what was interesting is the handful of kids that you guys were able to talk to the other day. They were still, regardless of the fact that Iowa lost a game, that, that it felt like at times they were never in. They were still very impressed. I thought there were a couple of kids that were very, very impressed with the Iowa crowd, with the Iowa, with the facilities, the the team, and it's one of those things that when people start calling for Kirk's head, that I start going back to the fact that we actually are recruiting kids at a certain level that that I worry about if you lose him that they won't because it's the type of guy that Kelvin Bell is. It's the type, right. type of guy that that uh, that they have uh, on the staff that is able to recruit. There are some great things said, Tom, that I, I loved uh, uh, by these recruits, and, and it becomes consistent. You, you follow this all the time. It becomes consistent. You can tell when they're really impressed, and there were a number that were impressed this week by, the Iowa, uh, by, by Iowa. Yeah,
2: um, they were. And, you know, the, the, that's the big thing that um, I think sometimes fans get lost in the frustration of. Of games and you know, thankfully the booing was a little bit down this week. But uh, a lot of times they just you know they don't realize that there are kids in the stands who are who they're trying to get to come to the University of Iowa and play football at the University of Iowa and perhaps help improve the program at the University of Iowa. And they're hearing fans boo players and tell them to leave campus and right. you know, that they stink and. Um, to me, if I were a recruit, that's not a place I want to go. You know, uh, uh, this wouldn't it, be interesting to me.
0: It's hey. it's 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 terrific that actually, to some extent, the fans have figured out that booing is not going to get Spencer Peters pulled out of the game. So <laughs> they kind of they kind of you're right. It was very the the, the boos this week were about the officials. I really I, he, he yeah. got booed when he missed those two throws in the first half back to back. Horribly, that he knew he missed as well. By the way, other than that, I didn't really hear nearly as many. And I, 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 think what we were excited about. I sat there thinking, it's twenty to nothing. The stands are still full, and people are still here thinking Iowa. They're still into the game.
2: Yeah, and who knows if they would have been able to punch that one in on the fourth right. down play? Where where Spencer right. admitted Spencer admitted that he kind of bailed out on the throw, but lost in the. Lost in the sauce of that, too, was that there was a flag on the play and they were going to. Yeah, we talked, yeah, we talked about that. For, for, okay. So, it, so you not, get a
1: first down and you get another chance at least. Right.
2: Yeah, he could have at least got another chance, but it would have been, you know, yeah. fourth and 12. Fourth or whatever, and 12, so
1: you, so you throw one in the end zone and maybe you get a pass or mm-hmm. maybe you actually make a catch and make a play. So, Tom, before we leave the recruiting thing, I, I actually had a chance to talk to the parents of. of a kid who plays on the same team as that Kendrick Raphael down in Naples. Explain to me when a kid decommits, do they give a reason? Because it certainly didn't appear that he did. But from my conversation, I think I understand why he did.
2: Yeah, it seemed just from, and again, have not talked to the kid. It just seemed right. that perhaps there was... Um, Maybe some interest from other places that was uh, that was maybe um, you know kind of increasing and uh, perhaps there were some nil opportunities for him that maybe he wouldn't have had at Iowa. That's my guess.
0: See, I wonder. You say I know you talked to, to somebody when you talked to somebody here. That's not what they told him, Tom. They they were talking. It was it was almost as if Iowa. They got but, the commitment and then they quit talking to him. Right, and it almost as if there was something going on, so they moved on. Um, and I will say that's, yeah, that that was that's obviously not, a, right. Right, I that's I, I, not the case. It, It's it, to me when I heard that because what somebody told you directly, right, right? Right. Who plays on the team with him? On right. the other hand, kids make excuses all the time. Right. Right. And uh, well, he's uh, a South
1: Florida kid. Uh, Clearly, uh, right, there's a lot of opportunities down right. there. There's opportunities down there, down there. And there's he money would, involved. Yes. He's,
2: He's having a great year, too, and there are other schools that were getting involved.
0: Yeah, yeah. Fair enough. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah. It's still a good recruiting class, as it is. I'm happy nobody else has bailed yet. The big one here in Southeast Polk, we're going to keep that kid involved because Iowa's I got to have some help at tackle. He was in
2: Iowa City. He was in Iowa City again this Saturday, and I saw him. And uh, George Barnett, the offensive line coach, can't get over there
1: quick enough. <laughs> to, uh, give that kid a hug. Who's that? Proctor. Proctor. Yeah, right. Well, at this yeah. point in time, well, Connor I'm Colby does not look like like I'm he's the he answer it right I'm tackle. I'm surprised you so. didn't give him a uniform and say, "Dude, <laughs> Here, go out there." Whoever's in front, just hit him. <laughs> you wear black and gold already, right?
0: <laughs> All right, Tom. Any thoughts this week? Uh, this weekend, as far as uh, how we're gonna how we're gonna pull this one out? You know,
2: I predicted a loss. Before the season, because I thought this was going to be kind of a trappy spot for Iowa. Um, of course, I thought that it was going to be trappy because I will had won wide. a night game against right. uh, uh against Michigan.
1: So, um, yeah, yeah. No, you're gonna so. you're gonna stick with that. All right, that's fair enough. I get it. He may change his yeah. mind. Yeah, it's not Friday yet. We'll see. <laughs> All right, Tom. Hey,
0: thanks. We thanks. appreciate uh, you we'll checking you in.
1: I'll talk to you later. Tom Kager
0: at welcome back on the hawkeye hull 1700 the champ 101.3 fm we're back here in the hawkeye hull brett ridge dave creighton jr with you as we are each week six to seven o'clock here on 1700 and 101.3 fm around the world at the on our podcast we'll be up tomorrow you can catch the rest of the show as david makes his way back from the facilities. nice to, it was fast it's fine uh, the Hawkeye Huddle powered by Gatehouse Pictures. Appreciate our friend Hollywood for helping us about keep that. that going. And uh, we want this is the time of the show when we mention our sponsors anyway, including right. our friends at uh, AM, PM Plumbing. You know what they do, Brett?
1: They do plumbing. They this d- just in, they, they do plumbing. And they do plumbing better than anybody. Same rate, AM or PM. Angie Lancaster at REMAX
0: Concepts. And, by the way, you can can find all these uh, folks if you want to go to thehawkeyehuddle.com. We've got all the links to their websites and to their uh, phone numbers. You want to get a hold of them. And our friend Brian Houck. A key mortgage as well, and typically, if you get here early enough, you can find them all here. Actually, there. a lot of the times, they're, <laughs> it, many nights on not Tuesdays, Bri- not Brian. <laughs> they're usually sitting uh, here in front of or us all right
1: from A.M. P.M. Not right now,
0: right? <laughs> uh, we're out on the patio again tonight here at G and again, I, we have brought in the crowd because Bruce has said when you start to populate the patio a little bit, it grows and people are out here. I can uh, see uh, there's 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 a friend of mine down there that plays played basketball at the Y. Son played for Iowa a few years ago. Mr. Uh, Mr. is down there. Oh, nice. Yeah, uh, Connor Buffelli was uh-huh. a, a lineman there a few years ago. Anyway, I see Jim down there. Anyway, 5th um, Street 5 brought to you by our friends at Private Wealth Asset Management as well. Sponsoring the program this year, Private Wealth Asset Management right here in Valley Junction. I want to make sure you understand what a great, great location They have down here in Valley Junction all of the uh, great shops and all the great things you can do. Come down here, eat, shop, have a good time, see the Hawkeye Huddle, all of that stuff. And it's brought to you uh, by Private Wealth Asset Management, the 5th Street 5. This week we're going with the top, we're going to call them the most memorable games in Iowa-Illinois history. We forgot to throw this out there last week, so we're just going to go with this now. And mid-afternoon today, where
1: did, where did you go? You know, proper, proper planning will always get you uh, proper results. I'm going to start with my number five, and this is going to be an obscure one, because it was 1985, Iowa won 59-0. That's not obscure. That and, is... the, and the reason it's on my list is because my boy Grant Goodman scored a touchdown. Uh, okay. I believe he scored his first touchdown as an Iowa Hawkeye in that game. Uh, he was a fullback, went to I. I That's your number five. That's my number two, and you don't want to know why? No, because
0: Iowa had lost. They had the number one, number two, number number two um, battle with Michigan, and they went on the road. Then a couple weeks later, lost to Ohio State. This was the first game back from Ohio State. They scored twenty eight points in the first quarter. Twenty eight nothing at the end of the first quarter, and I wasn't there. I was in the state semifinals playing Cedar Rapids, Washington, in Kingston Stadium, in a mud bath. I was going to say, if, it, I don't know if it rained or, yeah. or it was drizzle.
1: It was, it was kind of a miserable day. As
0: a Linmar Lion, uh, it was actually tougher than the, than, the, than, the, than the championship game against Sioux City Heal, and we played Cedar Rapids-Washington and beat them, and I was not at the 59 nothing game, but I watched it on replay, and I've watched it since then. It was 28 nothing. so that was 1985. Number four for you.
1: Uh, 2018, AJ Epinesa's big game. Iowa 63 to Ooh, zero. I do not have. I do, do not it was have. A, it was a night game. If I'm not mistaken, it was on a Friday. At no, Illinois. no, it wasn't on
0: a Friday. It was it, I had Logan's birthday party at my house. I barely got to watch it. It was 63, 63, 63 nothing though. But yes. it was Saturday. It was a Saturday game.
1: But, 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 but that was. But it was dark. It was a it was
0: yes. cold, dark Saturday on November. Cold November. Gray November. <laughs> okay. So I've got number five, uh, the twenty-nine to twenty game in two thousand fifteen. That's my right? number three, Jordan Kanziri game, right? That's Jordan correct. Kanziri goes for two hundred and fifty-six yards. How many carries did he have? I think it was 17 or 18 in a row. He had 11 in a row. But he had <laughs> 43 carries in the game.
1: I'm gonna that tell you is that.
0: memorable, folks.
1: 43 carries. And it kept Iowa undefeated for that year. I'm going I'm to tell you that someday in a barbershop, <laughs> Jordan he had 73, 73 <laughs> carries in a row. 73
0: carries in a row. All right, so my number four then is uh, num is is in 1998, 37-14. It was Hayden's last road win. I don't, I didn't have that. Uh, it. I and and his last thirty point game. They only won three games that year, and he went on the road again. I was unable to see it. I was in Washington at the March to Conquer Cancer for working for American Cancer Society. How'd that go? Uh, it was fine. <laughs> a couple hundred thousand people there It was really nice. Except for I didn't get a C. And That was the one where Tim Douglas had like three fifty yard field
1: goals. Yeah, it in was windy. It was super windy. It was super windy. What do you got for what? You, what else you got? Your well, number three. My number two. Is 10-6, 2007. Number three for me. Brent, yes. Gre- Brett Greenwood. Yes. R, uh, not RIP. Uh, interception in the end zone to seal the deal. Against Ron Zook. And
0: Illinois, by the way, really good that year, right? They had Juice Williams. They, they did, go, did they go to the Rose
1: Bowl that year? I don't know, but Juice Williams had the biggest helmet in the history this of college
0: football. That's a big helmet. The Ron like Zook a, he was, had like
1: a size nine helmet. Wasn't
0: that the one where he didn't know? No, they, no.
1: That was uh, when he was at Florida and he... Goes, you know, we really got to watch that Nate Keating, uh on there as a running back. All right, are we up to number one? I am. Yeah. What What's you your mean? number two? Nineteen. I, I'm. Uh, we've named them all. All right. Nineteen ninety. Nineteen ninety. Fifty four twenty eight. Fifty four twenty eight. Nick, <laughs> yes. Nick Bell.
0: Nick Bell. Uh, <laughs> Iowa's up twenty again. Twenty eighth and it's my Twenty fifth. Right. Birthday <laughs> celebration. Was it? I was there with. We took a. We took a fraternity trip over there. Stayed in the, on the floor of the Sig house in in Illinois. And we.
1: uh... uh We were at, if I'm not mistaken, we were at the College Street Club, downtown Iowa City. My buddies, Yogi and Nance and Muffin from uh, Chicago, they all came into Iowa City and we had a, a, a good one. You had
0: a good one? We had a good time in the upper end zone of uh, of uh, the stadium there in Champaign as Iowa rolled in That's that one. That's interesting
1: that now, we were pretty darn close. Yeah, we
0: were, and that one was really fun just because we did not expect it. And I remember we were standing there talking to some of our fraternity bros. I think right? Illinois was it,
1: highly rated. They, they,
0: they were. They they had an incredible defense, and um, they were they were ranked they were they were ranked above Iowa and they're in that game. And Nick Bell ran over, and we told him we said. You don't understand, our tailback is 260 pounds, right? (laughs) And he ran right over him. And Keith Jackson also was on the call. So if you go back and watch it, it's really fun to listen to. And there he goes, Nick Bell down the sidelines, rumbling, stumbling, bumbling. (laughs) And I remember there was a point in the fourth quarter that we brought in at that point in time. We had uh, redone the – Jim Hartley was in, I think, is the – right? As a backup the backup quarterback not
1: the linebacker no but, no
0: but, but we were into the backup quarterbacks and he says folks i cannot he came back from personal i cannot explain to you the score all i can tell you is when old Aiden sits and stews over a summer he comes back with a team like this and, <laughs> I, and I remember i remember it's, it's 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 terrific so that that was a big one and it sprung iowa on their way to to going to the rose bowl that year um clearly had a few stumbles at the end of the year, but that was a big one for them on the road at Illinois in front of a huge crowd on ABC, and it was that super be. fun. Maybe the last time Illinois sold out their stadium. I mean, I've not. I, I mean, I don't know that I've seen it that way since. It'll be interesting to see as this team gets better whether oh, people go back and start this? watching
1: them, right? Because nobody goes to their games. Did you hear this? Uh, they're lining up today for free student tickets. All in the north end zone. Please get here early. So that we can all get accommodate oh, all the you. students in the north end wow. zone for the Alina game.
0: Wow. One thing I noticed when I was looking back at some of those scores just to make sure I had the right years. You know there was no Iowa Illinois game between nineteen fifty two and nineteen sixty seven. Did you notice the, the big gaps? Even Huge. in the eighties. I, I mean did, like five years ago. Uh, how does that player? work? We're next to we're right next to each other and we hate them. The other thing I'll remember about that game in in Champaign when I went there, the night before Um, this was all around the Deion Thomas time, right? Right. And there started a chanting contest of Iowa fans on one side of the the street (laughs) and Illinois fans on the other. We were chanting, cheaters never win, and they were calling us farmers. There were cars being rocked back and forth. And then suddenly there were police – Dispersing the crowd. I remember that. It was pretty fun. All right. Um, real quickly, the field hockey team, we always mention them because they're top 10 ranked, right? They lost at number four, Maryland, the other day, two to one in overtime. Tough loss. Went to Rutgers, one, one to nothing. They are now nine and two, three and one. Ranked number four in the country this week. They are at number five, Penn State, at number 17, James Madison. Apparently, if you have a field hockey team, you're close to the top 25. you are probably anyway, rated. Right. right. <laughs> but either way, it's Big one's coming up of, for them. Um, they're rolling down in the, towards the end like of the season. It's kind like if you're a blonde girl in Florida. You're going to be ready. <laughs> right. It's, you know, back when, when, when I had the Class A U-Triple-S-A team that was ranked number one in the country. Hey, you're kind of the king of the, you whatever. Right. You're the tallest midget. Tallest midget. Exactly. All right. This week, the Hawks travel to Champaign on Saturday night. Here's the deal with Illinois. I saw them early in the year against, I don't remember who they played first. It was a bad team, right? Wyoming. Wyoming. Their defense clearly stood out to me at the time. Then they go on the road to Indiana and inexplicably lose. I could not understand what was going on there. Since then, they have been really good. Dude, Dude I'm th-
1: going to tell you, I got $55 that can't explain why they lost. <laughs> <that game. laughs>
0: they held Virginia to three points. Virginia's terrible, but they held them three not points. Terrible.
1: They're terrible. They're an adequate ACC team that's probably going to finish. They got
0: beat by Duke like 35-3. to three the other Exactly. Guy. They're bad. <laughs> so that was bad. So then they played Chattanooga. Chattanooga, top-10 FCS team like Iowa played. In, in South Dakota, and they State, struggled. Right? They played a close. No, they beat, they shut them out. But they took them a little while to get their to get their points. They yeah, ended I up beating say them, right? in the first half. They struggled. Yeah, it was like seventeen nothing at halftime. It wasn't wasn't, no, a blow. It wasn't even
1: that. They ended up winning like thirty one or thirty right
0: 2 nothing. nothing. But they shut them out, right? So their defense
1: clearly pretty good. And then last week they oh, go yeah. do this was Wisconsin. So how does Wisconsin decide after six runs that they're done with their with their
0: stud? If I got more time, you and I can talk about that. We've got two and a half minutes. All right. So, so you're right. I so I don't. Get, I, don't we're I don't know. I don't know. Change this
1: up. You're going first this week.
0: I don't know. So Iowa has or Illinois is the number one rushing defense in the country. They have the number one scoring defense in the country. Even though Iowa has the number three scoring defense in the country. Illinois has the number one passing efficiency defense in the country. They also have the – I'm sorry, they don't have the number one rushing defense. They have the number one rusher in the country. Chase Brown is the number one yard gainer in the country as a, as a, as a runner. They've got some statistical anomalies that you're like, hey, maybe Brett Bielman knows a little bit about what he's doing after turning this team around very quickly. Um,
1: you're going first.
0: I'm going first, and here's the thing. I, I, I As I came I, up to this game, I kept thinking – kind of analysis that –
1: Renders as I came up to this game,
0: throughout the the year now watching it, I kept thinking I'm worried and worried and worried. I'm still worried. Of course, you're worried. I think we're winning this. Good. And I do think it's going to be. I think Iowa's. I think they're going to figure out some ways to slow down the rushing game. I think Iowa finds a way to get this one, and it is a low scoring one, like you suggested, 17 to 14. The Hawks win this one, 17 to 14. I pick
1: Illinois. Uh, Eight t-
0: straight in the way. Uh, by the way, by Iowa
1: over Illinois. I'm taking the Hawks this week as well. Okay. And I don't <laughs> – this sounds ridiculous since Iowa just went to Wisconsin. Or Illinois just went to Wisconsin and won. It's darn near a letdown spot. Is, I agree. I, I, is I agree. I agree. I have to do something to get that team excited. And clearly the free student tickets might do it. Maybe they'll have free ice cream. I don't know. I got I got Iowa obviously in a low-scoring game, 14-10. to 10. Every time
0: Iowa goes into a, a, a spot like this, it's, it's uh, where you go in and a team brings in a bunch of fans suddenly. Rutgers, Maryland, last couple of years. Were suddenly, Kansas right, or right, Iowa. Right, oh, you, no, well, they no they Sorry. Won. But you, they go into this spot that where the, 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 the <laughs> other team expects to just roll because they've got the fans behind them and they've got a little momentum. Going. Iowa actually finds a way to, to pull out the victory in this one. Spencer and, and, and was,
1: plays better on the road.
0: Are we going to be here Saturday night? I don't know. we got to talk about that. Pay attention to Twitter. We'll talk about that. We're done. That's it. We're out. That was our last call for Dave Creighton Jr. and I'm Brett Ridge. Join us next week right here for the Hawkeye Hello on 7800 and 101.3 FM.